you're you're double. You doubled. Cool. Waka kaka. Cool. Waka kaka. Um. Hello, welcome to Bundle Buddies. It's a podcast where we play through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Honnett. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. What is the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality? Uh, Itch.io is an indie game marketplace, and this bundle was launched in June 2020 during the massive national outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder at the hands of the police. It has 1,741 items from 840-plus creators, and it raised over $8 million. Uh, all pre- proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and the Community Bail Fund and split 50-50. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, Eric? I'm doing, you know, it's been a strange, It's a, it's been a really bad week, actually. Yeah, it's um, been a terrible fucking week, a really, really bad week. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, Breonna Taylor's uh, murderers basically got us scot-free um there have been some demonstrations there have been some more police brutality in response to those demonstrations and a lot of inactivity on uh behalf of our leaders which is very upsetting um but it's you know good to see people out and uh still still pushing for justice yes uh thank you everyone who protested this week however you were able to um it's, I think, uh, very heartening to see people out there, like Eric was saying, um, making themselves heard and demonstrating um, however they can. Uh, just because the status quo is not something that I think is acceptable to return to anytime soon uh, or ever, to be quite frank. Um, so to that end, we wanted to give a shout out. We actually had a donation uh, last week in our after our Ooh. first episodes. Yeah, Dan White out of Chicago, Illinois, uh, donated... Uh, 25 bucks to Black Lives Matter. Uh, So thank you so much, Dan. Uh, And if any other folks out there, uh, send us a uh, copy of the donation uh, receipt. We'll give you a shout out. Uh, Dan White, you rule. He has a podcast, an improv podcast coming out any day now uh, that I'm really excited about. He takes uh, scenes and then edits them into like actual auditory experiences uh, with incredible Chicago improvisers. It's called Improv is Dead. Um, I'll get the exact release date and make sure to plug it there, but check it out for sure. Sweet. Um, This week's cause uh, is coming from Matthew Haddock. It's a very cool one, um, and it's our first GoFundMe cause, which feels just more raw and real to me. Um, It's a hotel reimagined as a QT by POC housing project. Uh, the Red Victorian is a cultural institution in the San Francisco Hate District. For decades, it has and continues to evolve, taking on new forms based on the needs of the local communities. In some of its four incarnations, the Red Vic has been a commune, radical arts space, science ho- uh, hotel, and recovery space. It has hosted entirely free events for underserved communities, such as storytelling for seniors, queer support circles, as well as support groups for the unhoused and formerly incarcerated. Most recently, it was a co-living hotel for international domestic travelers. It closed its door in March in response to COVID-19, 
following the closure, Red Vic lost its sole source of income and has been depleting its savings to cover rent utilities and general building maintenance. Uh, so please uh, donate to this cause, and uh, it will go towards keeping the Red Vic open and reimagined um, as a incredible new space with a new mission. Um, Help these folks out. They're at thirteen thousand of a hundred thousand dollars, so they could really use some support. Let's do it. Let's get them to hundred thousand. All the buddies out there. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll pop that link in the tweet and in the uh, actual notes from the episode. And uh, without further ado, we've got a special guest this week. His name is Matthew Haddock. You're gonna love this episode. We love Matt, and we love you. And uh, let's take it away. I love you, Alex. I love you, Eric. Oh. <laughs> I'm joined by Eric Taylor Roth and our special guest this week, Matthew Haddock. Hi, Matt. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you to the Bundle Buddies for, you know, for having me on and for uh, doing all of this deep uh, digital excavation for the rest of us. It's uh, a true service and we're, we're all thankful. The gamer pride of the Bay Area, Matthew Haddock. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> One and only East Bay's uh, finest gamer for life. In what, it, Donkey Konga champion of the Benicia Mall, circa <laughs> two thousand and three. Ooh, were yeah. you a Donkey Donkey Kong kid? Yeah, well, Donkey Konga. There was a game crazy oh uh, in town that uh, basically held these tournaments, you know, like once a month and. It was always around the, you know, the, the hottest new competitive game. And one month I was just there with my dad <laughs> renting a movie and there was a Donkey, Donkey Konga competition going on and I signed up and I won. <laughs> Wait, so, what was Donkey Konga? It was, it was a GameCube game with a, there's a Kong, like a Congo, like a, what do you call it? Like a Congo? Congo like drum. A, yeah, actual, definitely. A Congo yeah. drum, Congo drum controller that it was like a rhythm music game. It was very fun. It was very good. And uh, yeah, I just I, I won and I got to pick a game and I and I I took home uh, Ninja Gaiden for the Xbox as my trophy. Oh, sick. Correctly. Yeah. With the, with the people with the people at the at the store, like, are you are you sure you don't want to take home Donkey Konga? <laughs> like, I think I think they wouldn't even let me take Donkey Konga because you had to buy it with the controller. So I, I if I remember correctly, it was too expensive <laughs> to be a prize <laughs> so, and right. uh, and it really sort of opened the door for a lot of other conga based video games <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah They're... that was like a thing for a little bit right like or, or maybe that... it i it wasn't like I, you it know it was certainly the response to like uh rock band and shit like that it's sort of the yeah. rhythm music games kind of a thing totally totally yeah and you know it's funny it's the, those games. I actually think the Donkey Konga controller could have had more uh, sort of potential and versatility, but they they brand it was just this big dumb looking Donkey Kong controller. Like there's no other way. <laughs> I bet they, it was such a one off piece. I don't know. Like I, I I still I still have it actually. I just found it at my parents' house. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it because it looks it just looks stupid. It's like you can't have it out. It's this clownish. You know, big barrel drum looking thing, but I don't know. It's beautiful gonna, and it's important to me. You're going to have children and they're going to find it in like, you know, 20 years or whatever and be like, 
dad was weird. (laughs) 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 What is this? Yeah, this is a drum you hook up to a box. They're all going to be like wearing would, their like Oakley brand Google goggles. It'd be so good if it like it, the most charitable understanding would be that it was a drug thing, but it's like, they would be wrong if they thought that. <laughs> nope. It, uh, well, yeah. So there was a, a game called the a system called the Wii or was it Wii or was it GameCube? <laughs> it was GameCube. It was GameCube. Yeah. Oh, so like you can't even play. Do you have a GameCube that you could play it on? I, I don't anymore. Actually, one of my biggest regrets as a gamer is I left my GameCube because I had a Wii and you could play uh, GameCube games on the Wii. So I guess I could hook up to the Wii, but I left my GameCube in Chicago and uh, mm. after, I, after I moved away and it's, uh, it's gone. It's gone forever. But That's so bizarre. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, the perfect segue into just introducing you, Matt. Uh, Matt's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for a very long time. Um, and he's he also is, a good friend of mine too. He's a friend of mine true. also. It's very, that's oh, yeah. also Everyone's very friend. true and very fair. Yeah. We're all friends. <laughs> um, but uh, he is also, I would say in my mind, the number one gamer I know in terms of like in- interests and thinking, you know, uh, about games stuff like that. So a perfect fit for the show, Matt, I wanted to give you the floor to talk about your relationship with video games and sure. uh, some of your favorites of all time, and you know what you're playing now, all that stuff. Yeah, where'd you start? Start us at the beginning, Matt. Take us I'll to, start you, take start us you to game number one. I The first console I ever got was a Game Boy. It was for my fifth birthday. It wow. came with uh, Link's Awakening, the, the Game Boy Zelda. And mm-hmm. uh, I also got a copy of Super Mario Land. And honestly, that like, really did set the tone. And like you know, the Nintendo sort of like tendrils got in me really early on. And they remain within my within me today, and uh, it's it's fine. It it blinds me to <laughs> maybe some some truths about things, but uh, no, I, I so I started with that, and then I remember I got my babysitter gave me um, their NES, their NES, like uh, with all of their games, probably like thirty games. After oh wow! That. So I had this amazing NES collection. Um, and I, you know, played a lot of a lot of Mario, kind of the classic games, you know, that you play when you're, in, you know, a child. Um, I am. Um, I had a babysitter. I told this story in the yeah, first. Yeah, this is but, very interesting. <laughs> There's great. a trend yeah. here. My, uh, I had a babysitter that I think the first time I played Nintendo, she brought it to our house to babysit, and I played it, and I loved it, and then. <laughs> And then the second time she came to babysit, she didn't bring the Nintendo, and I cried the entire oh, no. day. <laughs> and then she never babysat again. <laughs> if you give a mouse a cookie, or oh, even yeah. Eric a Nintendo, yeah, no, that's the, my babysitter and her son were like the pushers. Like they were like, "Oh, check this out!" Like I'd go over to their house, and like he had like a Sega Genesis, and like oh, I just uh... thought it was like the coolest thing in the world, and uh, you know, just became pretty quickly obsessed by it um then i ended up getting a nintendo 64 after that and um you know played all all of the you know big nintendo games (laughs) but then i guess during the gamecube era is when i got really online with video games and Mm. i started when i was about 14 or 15 started working for a I, i mean writing for a nintendo website called n squad then I worked for one called N Files, and then one for called in Nintendo Insider, and like 
I would write, you know, reviews. I would receive review copies of GameCube games and write these online sort of, you know, like takes. And, you know, they're they're what you'd expect from like a 14 year old They're I, I still have some of them today. But I mean, I was deeply, deeply into it and like having meetings every day, like doing terribly in school. But just spend, <laughs> spending a lot of time writing about uh, about video games and. Yeah, I maintain, you know, I ended up getting a PS2 at some point, so I play some of those games, and yeah, I, I, I don't know, I, I definitely, that era, the PS2 GameCube era is the, probably the, um, the generation that I am most intimately familiar with, though I have never really, I've never stopped playing games, I, I worked for a little while after, uh, as an adult for, for fandom.com or Wikia, uh, for their games sort of vertical mm -hmm. and like was a community development uh, associate for them and, and sort of worked a bit in the industry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a constant journey. It's a constant conversation I'm having in my head is what about these games? What about these um, games? Huh? What, what were there some, do you have some memories of like choice games or reviews for the GameCube when you were like in the thick of it, when you got, uh, some of those early copies of, you know, whatever yeah. game. I mean, the big one and like the game that stands out as still one of my probably my favorite game of all time is Metroid Prime. Like I played that game. Oh Metroid yeah, Studios game. Played that a lot. Reviewed that. Gave it a glowing review. Uh, you were like part of really the hyperbolic superlative. What's that? You were part of the speedrun community for that game too, right? Yeah, I got really into that game. <laughs> so I was part of a website called Metroid 2002. And uh, along with some uh, other, I think mostly adults, I think it was mostly guys in their 20s, uh, we were we were speed running Metroid Prime, figuring out new ways to sequence break it and like find, uh, you know, like uh, exploit sort of glitches in order to get faster times. And I just spent... I would turn, I'd come home from school and I turned that game on with my like capture card and I would spend probably just like six hours in one room jumping at a wall, like seeing if, you know, there's a way to get over oh, it. Wow. Or, yeah, it was, it was definitely a, it was a, maybe a dark time, but I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot. Are you one it. of those people, were you able, are you able to like look at the, the coding of a game and try to break it that way? I know that there's some speed runners who like, they like look at the actual code of the game and they're like, Oh, okay. There's a break here or whatever. I don't understand any yeah, of it. I don't, I was never able to do that. Like I was just, I, I, there's probably a, like a term for this, but I was just, I played a game and exploit it at the user level, I think. And instead okay. of looking behind the scenes and mm -hmm. I know like with some of the older games where they've been able to look at the code itself, they can figure out. Yeah. Like, it's you know, like, okay. Tools. You, yeah. Yeah. Mario, if you stand right here at the first level and jump and hit down and B, it'll teleport you immediately to Bowser. It's like, exactly. I don't, I guess I don't understand. I don't understand the, I don't get that. I, I don't like, I understand the speed run where you're like, you're trying to do it um, kind of correctly through it. That to me, that makes sense. But like the speed right. run where you're exploiting glitches, I don't get that. Yeah, you know, it's it's a constant sort of debate within the community about like the pure like looking at the games, the intended design or the intended pathing of the game versus sort of what is actually there and what's possible. Yeah. 
That's and, a, I think it's, I think it's a really interesting conversation, you know, just yeah. like that they, it's like, well, the, do you, they, they might've intended it for it to be one thing, but actually if you can glitch through it, that is what the game is. You know what I mean? That's like the, the yeah. bottom line, it's like warts and all, this is part of it, you, you know? I guess well, that's I, true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really love the, I think IGN actually puts out these videos that are, they were the developers of a specific title, like yeah. watch somebody. Yeah. It, it, it completely destroy their hard work. <laughs> like, it's really interesting because there's, they actually end up, no matter what, sort of making comments to that end. Like, uh, you know what? Like, and then they get mad at each other. Like, are you supposed to? You were supposed to put a barrier there. You know? and they're like, <laughs> but I, I love it because they're mostly they have a good attitude about it, and I, it kind of reminds me when like. Uh, I can't. I think it's like Ridley Scott talking about Blade Runner. He said, "Like as soon as you put something out, it's no no longer yours. You know, it's it's the viewers, it's the players." And I I, I speed run through uh, the movie Blade Runner just by pushing fast forward. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're and then it's over, and you're like, "I'm the fa- I'm the fastest." Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the <laughs> fastest watcher of Blade Runner ever. I'm uh, yeah. The, you the destroyed multiple VHS tapes. Sorry. The fast forward button is part of the uh, the part of the system, so you can't you know sort of ignore it. It's the right way to watch it. It's part Dude, of it. I would get home from school every day and for six hours just fast forward through Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know go on message boards and talk about your experience and <laughs> get Ridley Scott to watch me watch it. <laughs> um, it's no longer so- mine. Matt, what's uh, what uh, have you been playing this generation? What are you what are you currently playing? Uh, well, you know, right now, these past few weeks, I've I've been playing a lot of Halo, the new the Master Chief Collection on PC. I actually built at the beginning of you know lockdown, quarantine, COVID nineteen uh, zone time. I um I built myself a computer. And so I've been enjoying sort of going through my Steam library and just kind of playing things here and there. But recently it's been a lot of Halo, um, playing it online. And then sort of through the, the itch.io, itch, itch itch.io, I don't know, itch.io? Is that what we're saying? We, we still have we, yeah, we should really figure that out. This is the third, third podcast and we still haven't come to a conclusion about that. Um, but that, I got into that, a short hike game. And uh, I know, I know you talked about this a bit, your the first episode, but that game really kind of strikes a strikes a chord with me. Um, it's kind of what I wish Animal Crossing was, uh, mm-hmm. in the sense that it's it's really pleasant, and um, you can kind of just get lost in it for a little while. But I like, I mean, mechanically, it's just so uh, smooth, and 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 the writing's really good, and yeah, I think that's been the real sort of revelation for me. What is that game? Did you talk about it already, Hannah? Uh, I mentioned it. It's in the bundle, so you know. Yeah. Oh. Lord willing, we'll play it one of these days. You know? Ooh. Yeah, maybe what? in like thirty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Year fifteen of the podcast. <laughs> no, it's from Junior's really president. To... Oh yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> God. Let's let's think about that. Yeah. No. The um. Yeah, Alex really tried to turn me on to that, and I finally played it, and he was just watching me on Discord, and I don't know. It is it is uh, it is exactly what I think as a, you know, 32-year-old gamer with less time. It's sort of exactly what I want. I, I yeah. want something that makes me feel a sense of escape, but 
uh, doesn't demand too much from me. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have that experience a lot more now, and I think I do base like the games that I'm going to play on that. Like how how quickly can I get into this and have an enjoyable experience? Right. Um, and can I like lose myself inside of it? Basically, I just need things as palate cleansers between uh, Magic the Gathering sessions. Where I <laughs> will try to yeah. play competitively and then get very, very angry really quickly. <laughs> oh, man. I've been, I was playing Overwatch pretty intensely. I mean, I still play it. I'm, I'm actually I, – I had to stop because I was noticing, like, wow, this game is only making me grumpy. Like, <laughs> I, like, like, like the – there's actually not a lot of positive uh, sort of feedback coming out of this. It's mostly just me getting mad at other people and like, I don't know. It's, it's, I think, I, I don't know. My blood boils too hot now. I need, I just need like opiate style games that really just keep me, <laughs> keep me a little, keep me calm. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that that's the weird uh, catch to competitive games is like, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I wonder how I wonder how enjoyable like LeBron James finds the game of basketball, right? Like, is he does he how actually enjoy this, right? Yeah, right? But I think like there's something about a competitive thing that you you lose the you lose the enjoyment of it. You want to win, like you become addicted to to winning, and you want to win. Yeah. Um, and I want to be challenged some of the time right or right. or i want to be able to kind of like think about something outside of when i'm actually playing it but but yeah then there's times where you're just like i want to throw this against the wall and right. i wish my hobby was lying face down in dirt because that is <laughs> it's not... um it's one of the things that i get drawn to in games a lot the, the game that i've been playing a lot lately actually so the the one of the um the uh, company that made uh, Super Sma Skull Smash Go Tur 2 Turbo that we're going to talk about in a little bit um, also made these games. Um, I want to make sure I say it right. Uh, or one of the publishers, I think, or it's somehow connected, but they made this game called Melon Journey. Um, and it's okay. a very small RPG that they made in like 2012 or something like that that has a lot of inside jokes. Hmm. Uh, but it, it essentially, the, the way it like looks and feels and plays, it's kind of like, oh, this is the sort of game. It reminded me a lot of like a game you would play on like one of the original Macs or something like that. Um, oh, okay. Right. You know, uh, like what was the game Spelunky or something like that where the graphics, it was sort of, it felt like Kid Pixie kind of graphics. I played know? Spelunky yeah. a ton. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's not like that, but the feel of it is sort of like that and the scale sort of feels like that. Um, okay. And it's a very simple game where essentially you are looking for your friend. You like went camping and then you're in the woods and then you go try to find your friend and you're just sort of navigating around a town trying to match up items that you receive with the people who want them in the town as like little gifts, you know? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, really simple the music is incredibly repetitive it's very cute the writing is very cute it's very fun and you can finish it i think in like two hours if you didn't get caught like like stuck like i did i had um, a um growing up the first computer that we got um it had been in my grandma's church and they were getting rid of the computer and so like she gave it to my family and so it was like i got this we got this computer you know this is like early 90s uh 
with like only floppy disk games and one of the games that we got was a uh it was um like uh mother hubbard like the the little like jack sprat yeah adventure style games like that where you had to like find the candle for i don't like jack sprat to jump over i don't remember little jack horner sat in the corner no no that's not right well, yeah, you had to find a corner for little Jack Horner to Jack, go sit Jack, in. Jack, be nimble. Yeah. Jack, be quick. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like but, a good find a find an item for, you know, the appropriate person to to use game. That's like classic. That feels yeah. good. Oh, it, games rock. I uh, do you guys exactly. remember on uh, uh, gosh, I just you talking about like old PC games. We didn't really have like a P- working game PC as a kid. But, like every now and then, like there were, like a CD-ROM would show up and it would like somehow work. And there was a yeah. Goosebumps <laughs> game. I think it was a Goosebumps Ooh. game, but it was like a live-action adventure. It's like an FMV, game. FMV kind of yeah. game or something like it that. It was called like yeah. I can't remember what it was called. It was called like a skate. It was like you were at a theme park. And, you know, you're trying to essentially navigate your way through this haunted theme park. And, yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was delightful, like all those games are in a sense that, like, you're just, I guess this was probably a little, a little maybe newer than some of these other ones, these, like, Mac-era games. But I liked those those point-and-click adventure games, you know? The, yeah. Those, those games are, I, I actually would love to get back into those. I know that there's, like, Telltale Mist still makes them. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of them that yeah. are out and about right now. Which uh, I, I have a, I don't really play those very much either. But I, I played the new King's Quest that was on the PS4, I think, a little bit ago. Oh, right, yeah. I really I really enjoyed that one. I don't know which number it was or anything like that, but yeah, the old Sierra games, Space Quest, um, King's Quest. There's yeah. like a whole whole bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. a what's, what's a what's an all-time game Matt? what's like your what's your number one if you're gonna what's your desert island game desert island game you know it's tough i i think it would have to be ah oh gosh i think desert island game might be wind waker oh um, i've never played and, it or breath of the wild honestly like i just feel like if i'm picking a game for desert island i want it to be something that can't continue to surprise me after a long time you know i think the i i think breath of the wild is one of the most incredible pieces of of gaming ever made mm-hmm. um and i yeah i i, I that's pro it's probably my favorite game of all time you know if not that it'd be metroid prime or wind waker ocarina of time um yeah probably those those nintendo games or Maybe just Katamari Damachi. I could just play that forever too if I need to. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a uh, Do you have like a comfort game, like a game that you're like it's like your cake or whatever? Yeah, I think. I, I mean, there's 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 two that spring to mind, and I just mentioned the first, like Katamari Damachi. Like if I I can always put that game on and it puts me in a good mood. You can just kind of get kind of lost in it without. It, again, like it doesn't demand too much of you. You're just rolling around. There's like some limited, uh, there's, you know, some, you have to get it in a certain amount of time and you have to make your little ball of, you know, stuff a, a certain size. But it's really, it's, it's very meditative, you know, and, and sort mm-hmm. of calming, soothing. Um, and then, you know, the other one, I, I feel like I, every year I play through Ocarina of Time and it's almost like this weird, like ritual 
that I yeah. kind of, and I always, I return to it. And it's always this thing of like, seriously, it's like, have I, have that the game hasn't changed, but it's, it's a nice way to like measure, you know, the way, the way my attitude about games or just how I think about things is, has, you know, sort of evolved. Have you ever years. tried to play through Ocarina of Time with the Donkey Kong conga drum? You know what? Uh, not, I haven't yet, but <laughs> that sounds like a good, good way to, use. I wonder if I can. That's a really good question. I feel like as students were off of this, I'm going to try that. <laughs> because that we'll, we'll, we'll stay on the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then my kids later are going to come home and they're going to find me freaking banging the drum with Zelda. Be like, well, oh, yeah, our dad, don't go in there. Yeah, she's bad. Wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, talking about uh, the games from the itch.io bundle that we played this week, uh, we had two games Crash Lander and Super Skull Smash Go to Turbo. Yes. Um, Rolls off. Which the one? Yeah, it's so easy, so easy to say, so easy conceptually to sort of have in your head to hold there. Uh, very, um, it was an interesting week of games. Uh, I started the podcast off by asking Eric if he wanted to add other games, specifically because I was worried that in the future we would have two games that were like this. Um, <laughs> uh, so having said that, do you guys have a preference about which game to start with? To, Let's to, start to with. Let's start with Crash Lander. Yeah, yeah, Crash Lander. So Crash Lander is developed by a guy named Don Whitaker. Um, the game, uh, here's the description. It's a gravity-based arcade game inspired by classics like Lunar Lander and Space Taxi. You'll pilot your craft from pad to pad trying to beat your best time, then flirt with that fine line between speed and control. Oh, um, speed and control. Speed Flirting. and control. It's a very accurate description. I mean, essentially, you are a ship that is gliding around. Um, yeah. and it's complicated, not complicated controls, but just like very precise, specific controls mm -hmm. uh, that you're using on the keyboard, uh, where each sort of key controls like shift. Uh, I would even say like, this is a physics game as well, based on sort of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah. I would say, yeah. uh, that one of the best aspects of this game are that, uh, Don, Mr. Whitaker, was able to find a nice little um, physics uh, world to sort of play in that I think he got like a really cool physics element going there where you're um, where sort of piloting this thing felt, um, you know, fairly intuitive sort of once you got into it, that the, the rules of it um, felt cool and tactile and that you could sort of float through this space um very cleanly and crisply it's probably the thing uh that was was most well executed by this game yeah i could i would agree um uh, matt thoughts yeah you know the sense that i got is like sort of exactly along the lines of what you're saying eric in the sense that i think he a lot of these games it feels like you know these these developers they're playing around in unity or whatever engine they're building a game in and they sort of come across like a mechanic that is interesting or they're like oh mm -hmm. like it's you know and like they kind of I, I like the way a lot of these smaller games especially a bunch of the games in this bundle could have like lay bare that design like logic a little bit yeah yeah and and so i, I this game really feels like he found it feels like he found this cool sort of hover mechanic um, and then yeah a, a way to sort of play around with uh, the physics and then built sort of the game around that 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think it's really a strange little game. Like, I, <laughs> the music is really, really bizarre and all yeah, over the really place, weird. which I appreciate. Yeah. And then the, um, I, but I really like the first level. The, he, he does a voiceover as a developer telling you how to play his game in the tutorial. Yeah. Did you guys see this? <laughs> yeah. I you know what's that. funny is it must yeah. have been turned down. Uh, a little too low on mine because there was yeah. a point where I was like, do I have another window open right now? There's like a person talking, but it's like it so was weird. too yeah. quiet. The sound mixing, a lot of things like that are really strange. And then there's like an audio track that's playing throughout the, the game. That's like weird sort of radio chatter that sounds like it might be in Japanese or another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's just, a lot going on. Tripping me out. I mean, it's super bizarre. But yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was, a, the description is accurate. It's an arcade yeah. game. Reminds me of Lunar Lander in a lot. I mean, it's clearly mm-hmm. like a 3D version of that. And um, yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I thought I, I like the way it, it was sort of structured. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's 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 very well executed for what it's going for. I thought the level design was really cool. Um, yeah. it, it ramped up in a great way where it it there it does kind of fall off a cliff. Like there's a level that's like kind of difficult, and then the level afterwards is like really fucking hard. The uh, right. I made it about to level eight, I think, which is right after the planet level. There's one where. There, it's like a just a, a single ball that's rolling through, and you have to land on it as it sort of. Oh like, yeah. And I I didn't make it past there. I was like, this is like too hard, and I don't want to do this. I don't want to play right now. You know? <laughs> that's that's how that's how I felt too. I was like, I don't know if I I really want to keep going. And that's sort of it. Really, like a classic arcade game, it gets so hard. It gets like almost too hard. You know, so obviously they can keep getting quarters out of you if, like, if this is actually in a cabinet. But, like, I know that I could master it if I really wanted to. But, right. yeah, I didn't feel necessarily that pull. You know, you know so what this reminds me of? The Super Monkey Ball a little bit. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just played this game, Outer Wilds, which um, has a very similar – the flight aspect in it is, is very similar. Basically, like, the same in a lot of ways. Um, and so the, um, the way in which you flew in that, uh, made this game pretty intuitive. Um, that game, as you're exploring the worlds, the music and, uh, the levels are so fascinating and, and pulled me in and pulled me in and pulled me in. I think, and I think that having played, that game so recently coming to this, um, there was something a little bit that that let me down um, in this because it was like it seemed like this world, these worlds were kind of like very, like a lot of work seemed to go into this game, but it didn't necessarily create an, an immersive experience um, that like the music, like you said, was kind of weird when it could have been something like that, that pulled me in that felt kind of fascinating. That gave me this kind of worldly sort of like excitement. And so I played through um, a bit of them and, and then kind of started clicking around cause you could just sort of play through some of the levels. Yeah. And um, there was uh, this one that was basically, did you guys ever see the movie cube? Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So like it was like uh it was like you were inside the cube from cube where you're kind of like in this giant uh lots of cubes around in different rooms that you could fly up and through. Um Yeah, but it didn't I think I, I agree with you two that like it didn't have an element to it that made me want to continue going. It was like yeah. oh yeah. yeah, this is sort of like somebody developed like um, a pretty interesting uh, physics, you know, d- did a really good job with the physics of it and uh, laid out these kind of, you know, bizarre worlds. But then the, the, the game aspect to it, like the action, like what you're actually doing, uh, there's, a, there's a piece missing there. There was something, there was something that was like, you know, like I, that, yeah i don't know exactly what it is whether it's the like the gameplay design i think yeah the gameplay felt second hand like it felt just like an afterthought yeah you know it makes me think i know that this game was originally released as sort of a vr um experience no that's exactly what it is yeah that's Mm -hmm. what it is yeah mechanic for that that and that's that's i think ultimately that's why i think as we come to the end of it like I can't really fault this game at all because it really executes on exactly what it's trying to do very, very well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's even, even some part, like if it were a less compelling game, there were parts when I was like looking for pads to land on that would, uh-huh. it would trick me, you know, which is like, Oh great. So there is actually some more intuitive thought going into this where right. you learn something new. It's not just like all laid out for you. Yeah. Like I mean, I think that there's a, an interesting element in that like the uh the directions you're getting are on this uh thing and they're two directional directions but then there's yeah there's that third uh that like z axis that is kind of the puzzle of the game Mm -hmm. like where where is it on like a height level that you're going uh i i looked at another game that this dude has been working on and it is a fully vr game where you're growing plants on in space somewhere like you're a space horticulturist and that looks like a totally great game to like get stoned inside of and just sort of like throw (laughs) seeds down and see like what sort of weird stuff kind of (laughs) grows well the the one thing i will say about this too specifically is uh, the most fun i had with this game is when i put on a book on tape instead of the music and then Uh just zoned out listening to that as i just kind of played this so this took over sort of like i was listening to the story and like immersed in that and like doing that but this took over sort of like the like the rest of my functions so i was splitting my focus in a really nice kind of way where uh, this was my attention and stuff like that but i was still paying into the story and i was just in a nice kind of meditative state from it which usually you get from the game itself with the kind of music and graphics and the operations all together but to do it yourself i think is a, a very fun way of doing it yeah, yeah it absolutely. felt like a there was some game on a like a mac my, the first mac laptop that i ever got before i went to college that was like you were a ball that rolled around and you could jump from platform to platform or whatever and it's like the perfect game to play on an airplane <laughs> just right. sort of like i got time to kill was that, was that Marble Madness? Yeah, Marble, Marble Madness. Marble yeah. Madness, yeah. <laughs> Marble game. Hard. Very hard game. Oh, yeah. My brother got really good at it. Doesn't surprise me. Anything that my brother ended up getting really good at, I just abandoned completely. <laughs> 
Classic sibling sibling <laughs> rivalry. You know what's so crazy is my brother got really good at Marble Madness on the Xbox. <laughs> and like it was just but it was some weird it's a weird game to get really into because it is so like bare bones and mm-hmm. like abstract almost. <laughs> it's like yeah. oh, I am the marble. This is my life. Um, So we talked a little bit about the graphics and the music and the interaction in there, which are, I think, fine. So uh, the graphics are pretty good considering one person made it and, you know, it is what it is. And the music and, you know, interplay and stuff like that in the interface is fine. Uh, So do we think it's a good game? Do we like it? interesting question <laughs> what is this all right in what way is this a separate question from the the final thoughts pass or play let's get into it so final thoughts okay all right final thoughts guys is this a pass or a play for you let's start with you matt what do you think you know i i think that in, in terms of it's you don't need to commit a lot to this like you were saying i think there's no reason not to to try it out i don't think you're you're going to be like missing out on something you know, magnificent if you choose to skip it. But if you're if you're into like physics based puzzlers or platformers with kind of a, I don't know, weird, absurd, uh, like art style and like kind of a, I don't know, some interesting level design. You know, with lots of verticality. I don't. I, I'd say, you know, check it out. It's also interesting to kind of see, uh, you know, this game that was made by one person and you know how they built something. You know. F- so uh i don't know it's just in such a interesting creative way i I, i'd say play it um yeah i think uh i'm gonna this is gonna be a pass for me and i think that it i think you're right i think the the worlds are kind of creative space it looked like uh this guy kind of built out these fun worlds and lands right in the in this 3d space and had a good time doing that uh had a you know did a really good job building a physics but i think it's kind of uh where it comes down for me is like the gameplay element is not quite there for me to be to give this a thumbs up uh i i want a little um i want a little bit more i want a little bit more uh i think thought put into kind of the way that these into what makes these puzzles interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I think this is an interesting game because while I enjoyed, I I think this kind of gets to the ethical center of the podcast, you know, Uh we even talked about from the beginning. It's just like, I feel like this game executes on exactly what it's trying to do very well and in that way for me it's a play like if this is what you want to play then you should play it like it's not a poor version of this thing mm-hmm. having said that you know it's it's this something that i'm going to return to and play again like there's probably not and in that way it's a pass for me and so trying to right. decide like what side of this i fall on is i the the, the dilemma here you know like, <laughs> what am i really trying to say by saying pass or play so i think for me ultimately this is going to be a pass not because I'm mad I played it or anything like that, but just because it's not the sort of thing I would come back to to play again and again, um, or that I'm essentially interested or necessarily like super excited about. That having said that, right. it's a, a really good physics engine at the center of this, and 
when it's married with something bigger, I mean, is it would be very, very cool. And uh, I'm glad I got it for free, you know, as part of this bundle. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's, that's sort of the, uh, like, you, you almost have to change your heuristic a little bit with yeah. like, a project like this. Because so many of these games, they're not, you know... They're not made by studios. They're little. They're the little projects, you know, that like passion projects that these people put together. And I think like what's fun about being having this large library of experiments to sort of you know just check out and and um, learn from. I, I think is is just that. Like you you can learn so much from engaging with a game like this, you know. I, and so sorry. Go ahead. I, I guess where I kind of disagree is that I don't think that there's anything if something is somebody's first project or whatever, I think you can laud a, a thing uh, as as having good elements while not being a game worth playing necessarily. And what I mean is right, that, like, right. I think that easily you learned like this person put a ton of work into this thing and I think probably learned a lot of good lessons along the way. And I think that can take those lessons forward to make something else. And I, and so to me, I don't, I don't really have a problem. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about this too this week where it's like, yeah. I think it's totally okay to say, you know, at the end of the day, this is not, this doesn't get to where it needs to be. And that's not right. to say that this person is not good at what they do. Sometimes somebody knocks it out of the park on their first try, right? Make something totally incredible. And sometimes you don't, and you need to stumble through some work. And I think that this is, this is especially a great example of somebody who put a lot and a lot of time and energy into a thing. And you could tell the places where the time, that time and energy was spent. And you can tell the places where that time and energy uh, maybe was not spent so much. And that, that uh, interplay for me, ends up um you know kind of lacking in some way and that's 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 where i'm gonna be (laughs) judging these things from that's my heuristic baby yeah there you (laughs) go no that's totally fair mine will move a lot more every every time we play (laughs) i don't want to fault this thing for what it isn't you know what i mean like yeah i I, I think like it um it executes what it is very very well and you know ultimately it's like yeah it doesn't have a story which is what i i gravitate towards the most in games Mm. and i think to also like make a finer point about what you're talking about eric it's it's this it's an interesting game because it's it is just like an element of a larger game like there are smaller games that we have played like even like last week um you know the rake Right, right. Well, Rake, uh, what was the other one we played The uh, that I couldn't play because it was on the PC? Oh, Somos? Uh, the little clicky, the click game? Yeah. Yeah. Last week, uh, Somos, you know, like, th- that is a, a fully developed game that is a single mechanic that's done well and is small. You know what yes, I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It's a polished right. thing. Um, versus, like, this, which is, like, a single mechanic that is part of a larger thing but like it's just kind of like removed from it you know Mm -hmm. so it's right this feels more incomplete than the other thing did if that makes sense yeah right yeah i think that that's it you know it's like in reviewing something like the classic review of a game you're you're really like you're kind of the standard is is high because you're you're looking at like a i don't know like a complete the complete package usually 
And like, I think the when the big indie turn sort of happened in the mid 2000s and, you know, smaller studios started putting, putting things out, like they were still held to that same sort of standard. And, and which is a good thing because that like that degree of polish and um, I don't know, just, you know, the high level of sort of design thinking is, uh, is what makes um, it is what really like pushes the art form forward in the sense that it gets, you know, people who don't normally play, who don't normally play games, uh, thinking about it or, or, or paying attention to it. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. I'm, I, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think this is like a, uh, a mind blowing game and I think it's broken in a lot of ways. But yeah, it also it's to just in terms of this bundle, the ability to just like pick up a game for five minutes right, and then right, never right, return right. to it again. It's you know, but I guess you might as well play this, right? Right, exactly. Games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it's like I know it's 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 hey, what a project you guys are embarking on. That's all. That's <laughs> well, all so yeah. yeah. So I, I think after listening to everyone's opinions, my feeling is it's a pass for me as well. I, I didn't I did enjoy playing it. I'm glad, to, I'm glad to skew you all against this poor man, Don, Don Whitaker. Hey, Don, you're great, man, and we like you. Okay, cool. So uh, the next game uh, is Super Skull Smash Go! Exclamation caps two turbo. So it's Super Skull Smash Go! Uh, two turbo. It's by Poppy Works. The description is: the evil king is up to his old tricks again. He's concocted a new spell that will unleash hordes of skeletons, zombies, ghosts, and even vampires. Run, jump, and super skull smash your way through the kingdom, purifying the land as you go. Battle giant robot skeleton bosses and avoid deadly traps. Um, what do we think? Well, I guess, I, okay. So it's interesting now that we've had just had this conversation about... Uh, God, I can't remember the name of the last game. Um, Crash, Crash, Land- Crash, Crash Lander. Crashed Landercute. Crash Landercute. Um, you know, it's it, it's funny. I, I feel like because of the degree of polish on this game, I'm holding it to a bit of a higher standard um, because the potential is clearly there. Um, but similarly to Crash Lander, it feels like they found it has this kind of Super Mario Brothers two mechanic, right? Where you're like picking up, you know, the skulls and you're you're like throwing them around. Uh, you're picking up like the the projectiles that the boss throws at you, and you're throwing them back. Um, and like at first, I thought I was like, man, I'm like really this game is cool. It's really charming. Like I, you know, it's it's it feels like an old NES game it, with like right. it doesn't feel. Yeah like a 16 bit plus experience, you know, it actually feels like an older game. Um, but I, I honestly, like after getting like six, six or seven levels into it, I just started to feel like, okay, this is a little bit repetitive and it's a little, it's kind of bland, you know? And like, I, I just wanted, I think, and I don't know if, whether it's my expectations have changed for a game that is sort of um, using an old, like an older retro aesthetic, and I just expect like new mechanics to be added or something. But I just felt it, it felt kind of, you know, a little samey um, as as I progressed. And even like some of the stuff I thought the bosses were cool, but I also felt like they were very easy and it was a little slow. I don't know. I um, I'm sort of uh, I, I kind of waffled back and forth on this one in my in my judgment, to tell you the truth. 
I played through this and I played through this whole game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that, yeah, I, I actually think that there's something very interesting in this element of um, a platform game where you're trying to return things to the same place. Like the, the element of throwing skulls into this, uh, this you know, like whatever, whatever. I don't know exactly this, uh, this sanctum or whatever to blow it like up. A shrine like, or something. The shrine, like that. yeah. yeah. Um, like I think that that's a cool that's a cool element, and I think that when this game was most successful, it was in this way where you um, where the process of getting back to that shrine created a new kind of level, uh, a new element to it, and um, and the way the times that the game was least successful was when it felt like oh god you know i have to go all the way here and then go all the way back and then go yeah. all the way here and all the way back i think that as the game uh progressed they actually found what was more fun about the game um and that was to have this kind of like um multi-dimensional level where you know the process of getting to and from where you're going was interesting cool and new and you're kind of digging around and you're trying to find these skeletons um and so i think that at first i was like oh okay this is kind of a cool thing and then um and then found it to be uh very fun and charming you had you had all the classics were there there was lava there were there were mine carts from like donkey kong country style there were uh little cannon shooting fireballs there was actually one element where um so you had these like little guys that you were encountering right and they gave you little text boxes explaining what was going on they were like i don't know why the king is here or like hey you look kind of like the guy in our uh in our oracle in our prophecy um right. and then there was one point where there was like that guy's a vampire and it was like an orange zombie jumping around and then you never saw the vampires ever again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it felt like there was some elements of this game where people were like introducing new stuff and then they were like oh wait actually that's not that fun <laughs> i think they realized that the vampire jumping around it, he might have like just they might not have been able to contain him in the levels correctly. So he was probably jumping off and falling off. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we can't, we can't have this little bounce around guy anymore. <laughs> but I thought that that was really funny where it was like, it felt like they were introducing new elements and then they were like, and now there's vampires. And then never again did I encounter another vampire. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? What were your thoughts? I really like this game. I think it, if we're talking about like, you know, this is, this feels like a much more complete and full game, uh, even though it didn't have really uh, much to speak of in terms of a story, which I just said a little bit ago is my favorite thing in game. Yeah. But, but, but having said that, like, it really didn't matter. Like it was a very, it's just like a really well executed kind of platformer. Like you're saying that um, it feels like that really traditional NES thing where they just take, a few mechanics and then beat you over the head with it forever and keep on introducing right. it and like having it like in your lap, like in really, really uh, cool ways. Uh, I, I didn't really make it very far in it. I, I probably made it to the first boss and was playing that right beforehand. The The only complaint I have, and this is not a fair complaint, but it, it did mean that I couldn't enjoy it was, and it, you know, I tried to hook my switch controller up to the, my Mac to play this one. And mm. 
for whatever reason, the way that the switch buttons were mapped out, I couldn't change that. And so I couldn't really get the controller. So trying to play this with a keypad, like the keypad, you know, my keyboard, yeah. just impossible. Like yeah. I, did not, I did not like if I could play this on a controller, I bet actually it'd be a very, very fun cool platformer game which is what it was i and i enjoyed that aspect quite a bit but um i just couldn't get the other aspect going you know i, I just couldn't get get out of the way of the controls to actually enjoy it the way i know i could had i been able to right. yeah i it, that might have actually been one of the more challenging elements of it for me was figuring out how to play on a keyboard yeah. i actually i found the the bosses to be challenging and difficult i thought i was like i was challenged by it and thought it was kind of that they were kind of hard and they scaled in a way that i liked i the element of um you know bosses that are doing repetitive motions and you kind of just have to find the pattern and play inside of the pattern yeah. i think um i don't always like i don't I never personally want to do that. I, you know what I mean? Like I never want to like figure out how the boss is moving. <laughs> right. I want to like run around and grab their bombs and throw them at them. And I want them to respond in turn. Um, and this game, there's, there were some elements of this game that I think I developed a lot of bad habits for platformers uh, as a kid, which is like born out of a deep, anxiety like i just need to run through this and if i move through this as fast as i possibly can then that's the way that i'm going to beat it right. um and i found that in this game that actually there were a lot of times and this is probably true about platformers in general and i just don't do it but there were times when it was just like oh if i stand still for a second then i'm going to be able to you know find the entry point to jump and not get hit by this uh this thing um and so there was i i reflected upon my own experiences in games as I was playing through this. And I'm like, okay, I think more often I need to like not be as um, controlled by like my general fear of what's going on. And I just need to kind of take everything sort of step by step along the way as I play through this. Yeah. You know, that was actually, I think maybe one of the, a source of like tension for me in this game, like because it really did reward sort of more methodical, play like mm -hmm. but then it also there was this timed element you know where they it would, it would tell you how long it took you to get through the level and then uh -huh. like record record your so i but i was having the game never just the game doesn't feel fast enough or smooth enough i think to really like i don't know uh you know to 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 encourage that kind of like fast play despite mm -hmm. the timer. So like, I just, yeah. I, I kept dying, I was dying a lot. And like, I don't know, it, which I like, cause it's like brutal, like, you know, old, all those old NES games. But yeah, I did feel, I, I, I agree. Like I, I was founding the most success. I found the most success in this game when I was really slowing down and not, you know, just rushing through things and jumping willy nilly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think that there's it, it was funny because they have this this like multi uh, layered element to it, right? Where it's like you want to try and collect all the coins, right? Like I actually thought that the idea of like coins in this game, because they used to be like lives, right? Like coins, you collect coins and you get levels up, right? Um, but this game was like, no, you're going to die in it and we're not going to make you start the game over from zero because nobody would play that game anymore. That's just like 
not an appropriate game design <laughs> element. Um, uh, so I thought that that was kind of cool, right? Like, oh, you could still collect coins in this very nostalgic way. But the point is, is that you want to try to collect all the coins and we'll tell you afterwards, like, oh, you in this level collected all the coins in it. So that like, if you wanted to 100% the whole game, you collect like the gem and then all the coins for the game. And then you could try to beat your own time. But yeah, there is that element of like, showing you how long it took you to get through that level and i i don't know yeah i don't know what the i don't yeah i don't know what the purpose of something like that is like like why haven't that kind of an element to it other than it's just like a metric that you can introduce yeah but but i wonder why i don't know that that adds anything to the game for me uh, one thing that did add a lot to the game, I thought, was the music. Oh, really, yeah. really yeah. great sort of chip tuney classic NES style uh, soundtrack. So yeah. definitely encouraged tracking that down. Yeah, 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 real fun. I liked it a lot. I also mm-hmm. I got a big gripe with this game. Are you guys ready for it? Ready for it? Uh-oh. And, Here and we I, go. One of one of Eric's a, classic gripes. I got a gripe. Uh-oh. I got a gripe with this, and and anytime I encounter it, I find it. Ooh, baby, baby frustrates me. Look, for throughout history, spikes are deadly from one angle and one angle only. Nobody has ever gotten hurt from touching the side of a spike. <laughs> Nobody has ever injured themselves walking sideways into a spike. It doesn't hurt. The spikes are deadly from one angle and one angle only. And that should be the direction that spikes hurt. If I walk into spikes and they hurt me in a video game, ooh, I'm going to be frustrated. <laughs> so for, never, for, never for final thoughts, thoughts... <laughs> Even though Eric played the entire game through and seems to have genuinely enjoyed it, it's a pass for him because of sideways spike. <laughs> <laughs> no, for final thoughts, I, this game, um, very fun. A lot of nostalgic feeling there. A lot of good, you know, like it felt like an NES game, like you said. I also, we haven't really talked about the puzzle levels yet, but the puzzles were fairly easy, but nice and satisfying in a way where you're like moving these boxes and platforms around. And it felt like, you know, sometimes um, games when they have kind of like a, I don't know, like a C mechanic involved, like a level that has like a sort of mechanic to it that is, separate from whatever the rest of the gameplay kind of is uh i'm always a little wary because it's like why am i doing this but in this case it felt like a nice little palate cleanser it was like oh i played this really hard boss i played this hard level i beat it and now i'm doing this like little puzzle thing where there's nothing there's no way in which i can die necessarily but i just sort of have to figure out the correct sequencing of things and i liked that a ton this game is a play for me nice uh matthew you know, I, I I came in, you know, with uh, every intention of giving this game uh, a pass just because I I just feel like in terms of sort of retro puzzlers or sorry, retro, retro platformers, there are there are better there are games that do it better. But hearing, you know, Eric talk about playing through it and talking about some mechanics that I didn't encounter, it sounds like I might have needed to stick with this a little longer in order to get the uh, sort of the full effect. So. I am going to give it a tentative pass, but I'm going to play it more. So I'm confusing myself. 
We yeah. will update, <laughs> update you next week with a quick audio clip of Matt saying if he is still a pass or a play. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me personally, uh, uh, the Switch controller pairing with the Mac, I am a pass for. But, uh, <laughs> but in terms of the game, I'm definitely a play. I thought this was really effective. Like it's it's a very fun uh, version of what this game is, and uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. And I, I will definitely come back to play it some more. Um, considering I haven't 100%ed it yet. Um, yeah, so it is a play from your boy, Alex. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do I have to do... Okay, time to pick the games for next week's episode when our guest will be Rachel Ferguson, which is very exciting. Um, give me one moment to toggle it up. Eric, are you excited? I am so excited. I'm very stoked. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I, I know that I, uh, I come across as a bitter crank who hates video games but uh, i have a blast playing these i have a blast playing these games um, oh it's an, it's an unbelievable joy to have you on here and i actually think that uh you, you know even though i give you a hard time it's good to be opinionated and to have opinions about things i think that's important <laughs> you can't all be some wishy-washy little punk like me just like yeah it's good go art you know no way we need a definitive opinions and taste and it's great <laughs> i'm a snob all right, so the games that we have to play are RYB, Feud, and Refactor. Uh, whoa. 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 Dude. R RYB by Fleb. It's a puzzle game, an abstract, casual, colorful, difficult, geometric puzzle uh, oh, it's it's a quick game. It's only a few seconds to play. Um, and then the second game, Feud by Bear Waves, a strategy game. Ooh. Also Bear only Waves. a few minutes to bit play. Uh, huh. 2D abstract board game, medieval turn-based. So it might be right Ooh. up your, your sleeve. That sounds up my alley. And then a uh, Refractor by Fluffy. It's an action rhythm game, a ludonarrative dissonance mindfulness minigame music Whoa. retro. Also, only a few minutes to play. So next week, we'll be playing a bunch of mini games. All right. Cool. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited. I'm all about it. Fleb, bring it. <laughs>